Well, you know, certainly most of the people follow me, they're interested in trend following as am I. So the most popular liked tweet this week had to do with um, the Cliff Asness interview. Fascinating interview. He's really fun to listen to, really smart, uh, very unique. And um, he has blocked me on Twitter, so I'm, uh, maybe I'm making a pitch that he unblocks me. But <laughs> short of that, Let's I hope so. Yeah, I do admire him and like him. And uh, people seem to really be concerned, um, you know, like all of us trend followers, we want it to work. And is it still working? And I get a lot of positive responses whenever I tweet something from someone or for myself that makes people think, yes, trend following still works. It's still fine. And um, so the he was asked a question about Winton and they're the emphasizing trend following and he said, basically, he felt like it was just a response to competitor pressure from people who tra- <laughs> who trade trend following and charge less than he does. And he says, blame it on me. I'll be happy to take the blame. And uh, so people were very happy to hear that, that Winton may, might not be de-emphasizing trend following because it may not, they don't think it's going to work in the future. It's more of a business situation of, especially everyone feels the the need to figure out a way to keep the incentive fee going. And the way the mark, the industry has been moving is that if you want to charge an incentive fee, you have to have less trend following. Yeah. What did you make of the article? I have I have to admit, I haven't read it in details. I've only seen the headlines more. It's what, what did you make of it? It's, it's obviously a big topic, uh, um, that, um, that, that Asnes, uh, touched on this week again. Yeah, it's been a great article. I read it, uh, and like Jerry, I enjoy the way that that he talks. It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, he speaks in a funny way. Um, as far as the, the the trend following not working or working is concerned, I mean, he he also said that well, you know, they've reduced Winton. That is, they've reduced the allocation in their uh, larger fund, but they still have a lot of money in trend following. It's not that they're saying it's no longer working, right? Because if they said is really no longer working, then the allocation should be zero. But that's not the case, as far as Witten is concerned. And there's also, they've uh, also spun out um, a standalone fund that's tracking their trend system only. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it is a business decision, um, given the uh, the fee environment and um, just you know the number of products which are out there already that offer good trend following strategies for very competitive flat fees. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we probably have different opinions on this. I'm not a big fan of flat fees, uh, to be perfectly frank. Um, I don't see any benefit for investors to uh, invest in a flat fee product because there's no incentive for the manager to do well. It's just a matter of size, really. And, and I agree with um, that. Sorry to interrupt. I agree with that yeah. also, and we spoke about that, right? But yeah. we, you and I, and, and Jerry, we're not the say, the average investor out there. I think for many investors, that's exactly what they want, right? They they like it. They like it that it's a flat fee usage or 40 act type of fund. And, I, you know, I think it's good that those products exist and they offer an opportunity for people to invest. We're not saying, and I'm certainly not saying, that's the best, possibly, or certainly the best way to do it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think it is good that, they, that there is this opportunity uh for for people to do so but i um 
you know, when it comes to this this thing about does trend following still work, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, I do think that maybe simpler versions of trend following work less well or has it's not to say it won't, they will work less well in the future but they seem to have worked less well in the last few years and i think that touches on on another article it's not really an article it's an interview that i think we all saw with perhaps the most uh, successful investors of 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 our time which is Stanley Druckenmiller the former partner of uh, of George Soros who, when you see the interview, and this is a paid interview, so it's not something you can just download and watch, but but uh, since we all uh, subscribe to, to uh, I think, Real Vision, it was where it was, and, um, um, you know, Druckenmiller talks about how he, and I know Jerry tweeted about this as well, he talks about how he develops a thesis, and as the price starts to confirm his thesis, he starts to really pile in, and that, to me, sounds like trend following <laughs> so so uh, so i got even more curious when i heard that part of the interview and and what it led to and which may tie in with this thing about you know does trend following still work was that he commented on that for the first time in 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 his career he saw um he saw some changes he saw changes in the way the markets were behaving due to algos and i don't mean algos like trend following which is really just simple rules i mean other kinds of algos and i think that's what he was referring to whereby these algos are designed that when the market moves a certain number of standard deviation away from its mean they come in and they 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 do the opposite essentially they try to to bring the price back to its mean and clearly if that's the case and if indeed these uh, algos have significant volume behind them, it kind of explains to some extent that the price range of many markets have been compressing. At the same time, we know that the volatility has been compressed over the last few years, not just in equities, where we have seen it very clearly, uh, you know, with the VIX trading at exceptionally low levels last year and the beginning of this year um, but in in many other markets if you look at volatility in commodities if you look at volatility in, in fixed income it's it's really been going down for for a long time now so I think maybe the the combination of these other types of strategies or algos combined with and which are probably also why the volatility of the markets are being compressed because they're keeping them in some kind of um, in some kind of range or narrow range. Um, so so those were the things that I picked up from that interview. I didn't see the full part of it, but um, I thought it was very, very interesting because it's not something that I've been thinking about because I don't track what generally other algos are doing. But, um, but he clearly does, and he feels that it's impacted his ability to, um, to, to, to deliver the same kind of returns that people know him for. What, what did you make of that uh, conversation? Um, it's been a treat to, uh, to watch him uh, one evening this week, uh, first of all. Really enjoyed that interview. Um, I think if I remember correctly, what he said is um, the markets don't follow their normal rhythm. I think he, he used the word rhythm or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because of the algos, because of um, people trading factors, smart beta, subsumize all, all of that under algos, right? And, um, um, yeah, may have a point there. He also said that 
when asked um, by, by by Carol, he asked, um, "Do you have any money allocated with a machine?" He said, "Yes, I do. Since I don't know one or two years, but those guys are under review. Let's see if they're up to something." Um, so he, you know, I, I found that interesting. So he's not not the just discretionary global macro trader. He's also allocating um, certain portion of his funds to algorithmic trading. We'll sure, but I also, yeah, no, and and he did certainly confirm that. I mean, that he was using quote unquote, you know, technical analysis. You know, which I still, the way he phrased it, thought of uh, as as being some kind of trend following, you know, rules. I'm not suggesting that that's what it is, but but it certainly sounded like that. What about you, Jerry? What did you pick up from from that conversation and in general from these um, these two two uh, big topics uh, of the week? Well, make a habit of reading things like this and maybe building up my own kind of understanding of what this person meant, which may not be anything close to what he really meant. But I feel like that it's a lot of the things that you guys have said, I think typically over the years, I just scoff at like, oh, you know, whoever is saying these things, of course, the markets are changing. Of course, it's different. Of course, the rhythm is different. Your, Your problem is you're paying attention to something other than price. Stop doing that. And so this is why trend following is so wonderful, is that no matter what's going on, our, our system, our entries and exits, our momentum trend-based uh, way of doing things is going to get us in on the right side. And hopefully we'll stay in, in gear and stay in the trend before it, and we don't get knocked out. And then we stay in long enough and we walk away with some profit. So I, and also I'm sort of fascinated coming from my background and my 30 some years, um, just the human desire and need to have trend plus something else. I, I need something to confirm this. Um, the quote that I tweeted was I, uh, from Druckenmiller is, I built a thesis, hopefully that no one else has built. I put some positions on. When these start to evolve and the momentum starts to change in my favor, then I pile into the trade. Well, okay, I, I forget the first part and I just wait to see the momentum change in my favor and I stick with it. You know, I go with the momentum. So um, I'm fam- and, you know, my, my brand, my slogan is trend following plus nothing. I'm just always amazed mm-hmm. that the, the human brain and most smart people, they need something else. Um, and I don't really know if that's adding a lot of value other than maybe it just makes them feel better. And if, you know, maybe if Druckenmiller had a, had a worked for Richard Dennis, he would feel different. And if I were to work for Soros, right. I would feel different. So <laughs> it's maybe circumstances, uh, but that, and I think another thing he said, um, I think this is correct, is that he said something that contradicts, I think, what most trend followers said and what I said last week is the shorts are not as good as the longs. And I believe he said he made a lot more money on the shorts. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then he did talk about bet size and in, in a roundabout way, uh, throwing on a big position when he really felt a strong conviction. So maybe that's how you make a lot of money in shorts is uh, you know, we size True. inverse to the volatility, this <clears throat> approach for every single trade. And he says, oh, no, on this one, I really feel like we're at it high and the market's at a really overvalued and the trend is sort of going with me. So I'll really slam it on. It's, it's really way too much discretion for me. Yeah. 
Now, that's interesting. And actually speaking about, since we often refer back to uh, 